Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome, welcome. You made it. I made it. Isn't it a fantastic thing? Of course, this is the DL Link Show where we connect you to insights, information, and illumination on 101.9 High FM. I'm Nikki Severini. As always, what a delight to spend a Thursday afternoon with you, well, from 12 o'clock until 1 o'clock, especially because we always have Really extraordinary guest. So it's thanks to our great uh, producer. Thank you, Lee, um, Lee Wolf. And of course, the guys who are putting the whole technology together to make it possible for us to continue broadcasting. Um, even when we're in this lockdown and we're, we are uh, broadcasting from our homes, I just love that we can still connect. So I start off and I always say, how are you doing? How's it going? How's lockdown? Um, are you loving it? Are you starting to take strain? Are you excited about tomorrow? And of course, there being, um, well, you know, uh, we're moving to zone four. Are we moving up or are we moving down? I suppose perspective is everything, how we look at things. And, you know, when we started um, this lockdown, so many people said this is such a brilliant opportunity to do something that they've always wanted to do. Some people have said, I want to learn how to cook. Other people have said, I want to learn a new language. I want to do this. And quite a few people have said, I want to take this time to write a book. So if it was you, how's it going? Is it something that you've thought about and you actually haven't put pen to paper or finger to keyboard? Um, and uh, how's that working for you? Well, if it's something you've wanted to do, I have got two unbelievable people who are going to be sharing their insights, fabulous tips. They've just written a book called Write Your Book in 100 Days. And uh, I have Kate Emerson and Sarah Bullard will be joining us just after the break to share how, you know, as I said, the expertise and how you can get a book out if that is your deepest desire and certainly one of mine, I have to say. So a quick break. After the break, we have Sarah and Kate. So stay with us. Hi, FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the DL Link Show where we connect you to insights, information, and illumination. So, do you think it's possible to write a book in 100 days? And is it something that you want to do? Have you always desired to write a book? Do you have this burning desire? Have you done it perhaps? Maybe you have already written and now you don't know where to go, where to publish, what to do. Well, I have got two ladies on the show today who will be able to answer all of those questions, and they've written all everything down in a book. Um, they just their, their latest book called "Write Your Book in 100 Days." Stop mucking about and just write your book. I love that. So Kate Emerson is a multi-published author. She's a coach and international keynote speaker, and she coaches writers on confidence, uh, procrastination, and shifting blockages. And Sarah Bullen is an international writing coach and mentor. She's written six books. Um, she writes for magazines internationally and lectures on writing and publishing. So these are ladies who are in the know. Welcome, Kate. Welcome, Sarah. 
wonderful to have you on the show. Thank, Thank you, Nikki. So, you know, we're going to try and do this with three of us all on the Skype course. I'm going to start off with you, Kate. Um, you and I have a history. I've had you on the Chai FM show. Wow, it was years ago. Um, it was even before, I think, you wrote your first book. It was all about decluttering. And you came onto the show and you were helping people with just decluttering their space and decluttering their headspace as well. And then, of course, the Clear Your Clutter um, book, which we spoke about as well. So you have so much experience in, in this arena. What led you, Kate, to, to writing the book and then being in a position where you can coach and help other people write as well? Oh, thanks so much, Nikki. That interview seems like the other day and yet a lifetime ago. <laughs> so, you know, the, the first book, Clear Your Clutter, became a bestseller in South Africa, and that was really just born out of the work I was doing in people's homes, in people's lives, in their hearts, in businesses. And although I had some online courses, it became time to put it all down in a book and try and reach more and more people around the world. And I never knew what was in store for me, to be honest. It was just kind of something that I put my mind to it. I found a publisher. I was very blessed to work with Met Press. And it kind of just snowballed from there. And so what happened was when I started writing my second book, Digital Glitch, that's when Sarah came into my life. I'd met her socially and I put together a mastermind group to help others write their book because I was doing it. And I thought, well, maybe I can do it with some other people. And I pulled in Sarah because she is such a writing muse and she is like an aficionado on structure and technical writing. So she came in to teach us all. And then we just carried on this journey together. And every year we do a new project and we take another step in our joint business. And it became time this year to put out our own book together. And I believe that this book, how long did you, how long did it take, a hundred days to write this book? No, we are a little crazier than that. So we had done an outline and then we sat together and we put it all over YouTube and videos. We wrote the bulk of this book in five days, but we are crazy <laughs> <like that. laughs> each other to our chairs. <laughs> we feed ourselves in coffee and some wine but we did it as a challenge because we know how much it takes and we wanted to give ourselves a crazy goal of course we had to go back in and edit after edit after edit but we know that most people we take them through writing their book in a hundred days which is just under four months so that's a good time for anyone to write a book otherwise it becomes years and years and decades Mm, mm, absolutely. And I actually watched a couple of your videos. I love the videos. I think especially the one, was it Sarah or Kate who got completely distracted, started painting her nails? And I love that. <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, they're human. They're human. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll let the cat out bag. That was Sarah painting her nails or cooking eggs. So I can be very hardcore. You know, as Nikki, my nickname is Kick-Ass Kate. And I take no prisoners. And sometimes you've just got to haul yourself over your own coals and make yourself sit down and do it. But yes, oh my goodness, we are human. And it it takes a lot of tenacity to actually write the book. I'm sure you've heard the stats that, you know, we never know if they're 100% accurate, but apparently 87% of people want to write a book and less than 3% in their lives ever do. But it's a huge calling 
and a dream. Yeah, it is a huge calling and a dream. And as I said, so many people at the start of the lockdown saw this as an opportunity to finally write, to put their pen to paper, to, to get on a paper what's going, what, and what has been going on in their minds and their hearts and their souls for years and years and years. And just as I said, starting off and wondering how many people have actually started or how many people are still hoping for the inspiration all the time. So, so Sarah, I'm going to bring you here because um, you in here because you've written six books. I mean, Kate's also written so many books, but you mentor as well as Kate, but you help with publishing and, and you are a literary agent. Do you find, and for yourself and for what you see with many of your clients, do you find that they can start off so inc- incredibly inspired and then they just hit a brick wall? And, and what do you have to say about that? Absolutely. Nikki, can you hear me <clears throat> properly? Perfectly. We can hear you. Fabulous. I'm just checking with that. Yes, and thank you. So absolutely, because, you know, as Kate said, this idea that I want to write a book is really just that. It's an idea. And most often it's a very deep desire. It's something that's knocked around for many, many years, particularly for novelists, this funny feeling that there's a book inside me. Now, what happens, Nikki, with many, many people is we start them on the process. So me as a writing coach, Kate and I together in our mentorship, so we go, okay, great idea. You want to write a book. Let's really break this down. How do you write a book? Let's get you started. Um, and what happens with many people is that is just the fire they need to make their dreams come true. They, they jump into that. The process of writing grabs them and they, they shoot off and the book starts to come alive. This happens with many writers on our mentorships and I will, I, I will say our, our success rate is very high because Kate is kick ass Kate and she will not let you know. <laughs> without writing the book but also Nikki what often happens with writers and I work with writers over very long terms is sometimes the actual reality of writing a book and I'm talking a long form book I'm not talking about a 3,000 word article I'm not talking about an 8,000 word TED talk I am talking about a book which is 50 to 80,000 words the actual physical reality of what it takes to craft a book to keep your bum on the seat, to structure your thoughts into a disciplined way and and also to have that unbelievable discipline to sit down and actually execute the plan. Well, that's where some writers go, uh-oh, this is not for me. <laughs> this mm. is not for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. I- Yes, sorry, carry on, Sarah. No, 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 absolutely. But you know that we all go through that, and I call them the many black holes in which a writer gets stuck. And the first is just that idea, which we've discussed. How do I write a book? How do I start a book? How do books actually work? So that's the beginning of where many writers just don't get off the starting block. And the second is kind of 20,000 words, um, because often we have these grand ideas. I want to build my speaker brand. I want to change the hearts and minds. I want to share the story. And we put it all, we pour it all onto paper. And suddenly, we there we are, and we're 20,000 words, and we've written everything we want, and it's not quite enough. 
So we also work with writers and this book, Write Your Book in 100 Days, is a very systematic process of understanding how to write a book and also walking you through the steps um, of actually what it requires and how much planning goes into a book. Yeah, that's what I love about this book is it really is a step-by-step process to the planning, the writing, as you say, minimum of 50,000 words, your first draft, building your author brand. Then you've got a second edit. Um so, so people who are really serious about it can, can get everything they need from this book. And I think that what, what really surprised me was, and I'm sure it will surprise many of our, of our listeners, is the planning stage, um, and how much you have to plan before you actually put pen into paper, so to speak. So as you said, I mean, I know what it's like. I, I'm, I'm inspired. I also I write blogs and I love it. But would I ever plan, sit down and plan? And what does planning even entail? You know, this is a show about cancer. We have many cancer warriors who come onto the show. Um, they have these life-changing experiences. They start writing in journals. Then they start writing blogs. And then they want to put their ideas down in a book. They want to inspire other people and share their stories. And I think they possibly, Sarah, reach the point where you've said where they've got the ideas and where to from there. So, so Kate, you are the kick-ass, Kate. What would you say to our listeners right now, those who who are inspired to write, who have a very important story to share, where where do they begin? Mm. What's entailed in the planning? Sure. So I'll give you one of the sort of higher arcs, which is just know your why. You know, it always comes back to that. Why do you want to write this story down? That's the first part. So understanding what's in your heart, but giving some words to that, some tangibility. One of the next things is who who is your reader? So, you know, we all are, are consumers of books. When you walk into a bookstore and you pick up, you'll see the cover first. That'll attract you. Maybe not even the author's name yet. And then you'll flip it over and at the back, You'll read that very tight paragraph or two about the book, and it's going to speak to you if that book needs to come home with you. So one of the first things to do is write down the blurb of the back of your book, and that alone will get your thoughts very tight and succinct and go, if someone picks up my book in a bookstore and you almost play that that story out for yourself – what might it say on the back of it? And who is my reader? Because, you know, so many writers, and you spoke about Cancer Warriors, many writers want to write their story for one person, for example, their child. Or they want to write it for the legacy of their family. They want to tell the family history. So who is going to be reading your book? And the moment you can hold that reader, that perfect person who's going to like, literally lap up every page, you can then start crafting your story to that person and you just need one person in mind so one of the other first things that people do is well who is going to read this book and once you know that then it's like ah what do I need to tell them because if I know that Nikki Severini is my reader and she's a radio show host and this is what she does and I can start crafting all the words that I need to find in my heart and brain to give you the one idea or the one key message it helps me structure my thoughts so it's like quite a like it's a bigger perspective at the beginning, but narrowing it down and going, who's reading this book? Why? What do they need to know? What are they going to get by the end of it? 
And then you have to sift out all either your expertise if you're a nonfiction writer or all the stories from your life if you're doing a memoir. And you have to go, which which are the bits I need to tell them? Which are the nuggets? You know, and I always say to nonfiction writers, you don't have to tell them everything. You know, it doesn't have to be a 5,000-page book. You need to give your readers the next step. What's the next step they need to take? You know, part two can be, in another book, and publishers love to know that there's more than one book sitting in your heart. Mm, such, such, so many great tips there, Kate. Thank you so much. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with Sarah and Kate um, after the break. And again, just really exploring this idea of writing a book, but certainly having a discipline um, and planning out your day. That's what we're going to talk about. How do you plan out your day when you're writing the book? After the break, stay with us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is the Deal Link Show. I'm Nikki Severini. Here we connect you to insights and information and illumination. I have the wonderful Kate Emerson and Sarah Bullen on the show today. Kate is a multi-published author. She's a coach and international keynote speaker, um, and she coaches and writes writers on confidence, procrastination, and shifting blockages. And Sarah is an international writing coach and mentor, and she works with authors and publishers. And she's written six books. She writes for magazines internationally and lectures on writing and publishing. And these two remarkable ladies run incredible programs, you know, they travel the world, you can go along for, I'm not sure how long the um, these visits are to Tuscany and to Greece where you go on a on a writing sojourn, um, but better than that, you're coached, you're mentored along the way, and we'll be talking about the, these uh, events coming up a little bit later in the show, but um, Sarah and Kate have come together and they've written really an incredible, a comprehensive how-to book. It's a write-your-book in 100 days. They say stop mucking about and just write your book. And they literally take your hand through this book and they take you step-by-step through the process, asking you questions, giving you exercises, giving you hints and tips, and taking you to places that you may very well not go on your own, like your heart, your genre, all areas like that. So just before the break, I I spoke about the kind of time you should be dedicating um, to writing because we're not always in lockdown. We're, we're at home. We all have lives. We have jobs. We have to support ourselves. We have family. We've got things to do. Um, so we've got the real job. This is the thing we do on the side. How much time do we need to set aside every day to write the book? Do we put our life on hold or can we work and write at the same time? I'm sure these are questions you've asked. So let me ask you, Sarah, how much time do you tell people that you're mentoring and coaching they need to set, set aside in order to write the book? I'm, I'm not talking with writing a book in 100 days because you've, you've put it down to four months, but generally if someone's writing a book, how much time would you say they need? Nikki, I, my first advice I, I always give a want to be authors is don't quit your day job yet because many people <laughs> will come to me and they'll say, that's it. I'm quitting my job. I'm writing a book. I'm going to make a fortune or it's going to be a New York Times bestseller. And while that is so fantastic, nobody starts out writing a book because they want to make a lot of money. Most of us authors, Begin writing because we have a story in our hearts we have to share with the world, be that a novel or be that our own story. 
to make that story come to come alive and and move out of your head and into a physical manifestation and that's really what a book is and that's what writing is it's actually taking these ideas that have been swirling these characters this cast these things you've learned whatever it may be and it's taking it out of the ether and driving it into the words on a page and that's really what it boils down to it's a physical action now that requires time so i can't be prescriptive we love to say and i always say to writers write hard and fast like really allow that muse to visit you because when you get it in your head you want to write a book and that's what kate and i did go for it like pour those words on a page it's a little bit different when you're writing a novel. Um, <clears throat> sometimes the story comes in a more gentle way. But for many people, they choose to make writing a discipline. And they do their morning pages or they decide they want to write every day. So when we get, take people on our mentorship, so when we work with authors really to get a book out there and get a book published, we really are quite strict. We say we don't mind what your kind of writing style is maybe you're uh, I like to get up at five o'clock and write for two hours person maybe you are a person who doesn't like that sort of thing and I'm like that I don't like that sort of thing but what I do do is I block in my diary a full day once a week which is my writing day so that's for me it's Fridays I don't take appointments I write all day I don't stand up for eight hours Mm-hmm. It could be, Nikki, that you also decide that your life's very busy. And, and we've had many of our writers, um, Gabby Lowe came to Greece. She wrote uh, her book, Get Me to 21, about her daughter's um, battle. Of course. With the yes. Yeah. And she knew, she knew she had to get away from her life. Um, and she had to just close the doors, get away from everything. She spent a week in Greece with us, another week locked alone, sitting on a beautiful Greek island just writing. And she came back and she finished her book and, and she really did that very, very fast. You have to find what is your style, your rhythm to get the words out of your head and your heart. And it's different for all of us. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is different for all of us. Please, Kate, yes. So, so what I do want to say is part of the time commitment is So we're not talking about novels, like memoir nonfiction is have an end date. So you have Mm. to have, that's the coaching part. You have to have your, I'm going to finish my first draft, which is the first step by X date, end of May, whatever it is. And then you have to chip away at that. So to build on what Sarah said, whether you write daily, minuscule amounts, 300 words, a thousand words, or you do a long weekend bum time immersion, you still have to be working towards that deadline. So one of the key factors is holding yourself accountable to your own deadlines because that's where we con ourselves as writers. So we have the dream and we put it out there and we start, oh, or we tell everybody about it and then we start letting ourselves off the hook. And that is very um, eroding to our self-confidence um, and we just keep on procrastinating and that is very detrimental to your self-worth as a writer. So one of the key things is accountability and that is why we say have the deadline, do it in a 100 days or four months or a year if that's what you need. But every week on our, we have private Facebook groups for our writers. You have to come and actually tell us with screenshots, how many words you've written. So no conning, no fibbing, no mucking about. It's just how far are you? What have you done? Okay, it's been a bad week. It's been a great week. What's the next week? 
about and you say, I'm going to write 5,000 words this week. And really, again, I don't care if you get up at 3 a.m. with the Buddhist monks or if you do it at midnight or you do it on Friday at deadline. But you have to move yourself forward every single week because one of the ways people con themselves is they say, when the muse shows up, when I feel creative, I'll write. And I hate to say that that is bollocks. When you sit down to write, the muse will show up. But you have to be willing to put that out first. You have to be willing to sit down. You have to be willing to tap into the discipline. And as you do that and you dedicate and carve out the time, the creativity will show up. And you absolutely will not be a different person. By the time you've written your first draft, you will be a different person to who you are when you started it. Fantastic. More wonderful information, Kate, because I do think we've kind of subscribed to the idea, this notion of watching movies and, and seeing these writers or artists. Um, you can't sleep at night because the muse hasn't visited. You know, they've hit the writer's block or the artist's block or whatever it is. So I love the fact that you've kind of debunked that myth and that if you actually sit down and you make time and you do it, you will be inspired. I must say, for me, when I do any kind of writing, I kind of create an environment. I light my candle. I like to put a bit of classical music in the background. And I know that that is then my time. Um, I still haven't. Um, become disciplined enough in, in blocking out hours every day and saying this is my writing time. But mm. uh, but I, I I think the importance of of saying and I love what you're doing as well, Sarah. When you say a Friday is my writing day, because if you want to get your story out, whatever it is, you've got to have the discipline. So we interviewed Gabby a few months ago. Um, her extraordinary book. Get me to 21. Um, and I, I would love to hear when you talk about the, because I, as I spoke at the beginning of this part of our interview about your, the retreats that you have, going to Greece and going to Tuscany and going to Spain. Um, having that time out, which is what Gabby had to actually come and write for the seven days, would you recommend, I mean, for people who can afford it, for those who can't, we'll look at alternatives in terms of mentoring, but would you, do you recommend getting out of your space completely and just immersing yourself in another place with people, like-minded people who have the same idea of writing the book? Um, is that a great way to, to start and, and kickstart your writing career? Absolutely. Look, <clears throat> Going on a retreat is an absolutely phenomenal way to get inspired. Um, it doesn't have to be Greece. You know, um, it is amazing if you can come to Greece because really, or, or, or Spain or, or Italy, because what it does, you know, and the important thing, Nikki, is that it takes you out of your ordinary life. I know for myself as a writer that I will sit down and as Kate shared with you and you even saw our, our Facebook videos, I sit down to write. I've got a deadline for that afternoon. I need thousand words and next second I'm vacuuming the pool or suddenly I've noticed my curtains <laughs> actually need to go in the washing machine and then an hour has passed and then two hours have passed and yes, I, this is the yes. curse <laughs> or you paint your nails Why? there we go paint the nails. And or I you think eat, you can't the- stop eating eating is, is my personal go to, I'm going to tell you that so um you know, so go and get, firstly, we have on our mentorships what we call our structured bum days, um, which is a day and we ask our writers to block out five hours minimum in which you ideally go out of your house. 
So you can sit in a cafe when we're not in lockdown um, and you can go somewhere else. So you're out of your environment. You can order a cappuccino. You're not suddenly cleaning the cappuccino machine. So what we're trying to do is get you out of the ordinary and into a world where the story can come. Because most writers will tell you, Nikki, and you probably know this of yourself, when you sit down, it takes a little time to drop into writing. You know, you're checking your emails, you're checking Facebook, then you're doing this, then you're making that tea, then you're painting your nails, and then maybe two hours have passed and you write your first word. But when you start that, when you start that first word, that's where you have to stay. Because when you begin... And if you can commit this time, then you will find the words start to come and then you can reach your, your, your count. Now, if you're away, if you're somewhere beautiful, all of the other stuff is stripped away and all you have to focus on are the words and is your story. And you know, Nikki, many people who come on the retreats have got a story that's very personal. That's very hard, maybe, in the ordinary life. We've had cancer. So I myself am a cancer survivor, and I've had a long journey with cancer. We have people who've had traumas. We've had people with addictions who need mm. that extra love and support of other writers going through a similar process. Um, and being held, of course, by myself or Kate and Kate um, in a loving way. To, to be able to actually bring that story out and share it with the world. And some of these stories are so important. And look at Gabby's story and the heart that it has touched. Um, and sometimes it does require a different setting out of your family, out of your life, to be able to finally commit that story and share it with the world. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a position to be able to go on a retreat. Oh, yes, Kate, you were saying, sorry. Well, one of the things that Sarah and I also do is every year, each of us will go on a retreat for ourselves. I know Sarah did a water fast one. I did a detox one. Because what that also does is it makes you realize what it requires from someone to commit that time, energy, and money to something. So like 18 months ago, I did a week's juicing in the Natal Midlands. And I remember one of, I mean, I watched myself tussle with this of going, what the hell am I doing? How can I spend so much money? I must be crazy. I can just juice at home. This is madness. I don't deserve that. Oh my God. No. Um, we, you know, and I went through this whole game with myself of do I deserve to let myself go on this retreat that I'd wanted to do for 10 years. And I remember the kind of fear when I went to go and pay the deposit and then I was like, <laughs> oh my. God, what have I done? And then literally a split second later, I was like, oh, look what I've done. And then this like joy and that knowing that I was finally committing to it, because that is something that happens when you put your money and you put skin in the game, you take it more seriously. And it was a very pivotal, it was a seven night retreat. Um, it cost the same of what we ask people to pay for us. So it also means that you are taking yourself and your writing or whatever it is you're going on retreat for that much more seriously. So what also starts happening is it starts building this energetic field, you know, around this idea of writing your book. Because in your diary, you go, oh, Look, I've got that time carved out. Oh, look, I'm going on retreat. Oh, look, I'm going to be able to immerse. And it gives you like this massive like energy field that starts pulling you and your story forward. And that is also part of the power of going away on retreat 
or doing it in your own home. You know, that's also possible. You don't have to, you don't have to do it by going somewhere. Of course, that's first prize for a lot of people, but it's about taking it seriously. Mm, yeah, I hear that. So I, I, I'm actually quite delighted that we've got three options basically for, for our listeners today, because for those who are in a position, um, to be able to take time off to be able to, whether they can afford it or whether they're going to borrow the money, but to really just immerse themselves in a beautiful country with other people and write their books, or whether they're going to maybe join your mentorship. You talk about uh, going on to um, webinars, or you'll tell us a little bit more about that perhaps, Sarah. Um, but definitely this Write Your Book in a 100 Days. I, I really love that you've written this book, that it's available to everyone. So for the person who can't afford it, who and financially or time-wise, it's all here in the book. You, as I said, it's a comprehensive book, step by step by step. You just gently hold the hands of, of the reader and you help them become the writer. So, Sarah, do you also, because we're going to have to end this interview just very quickly, do you also, beside the retreat in this book, do you mentor, mentor people? Absolutely, Nikki. So the first place to find out all the wonderful things you can do with us is at my, our website, which is thewritingroom.co.za. Okay. So that's really the first stop. You can get the book there. You can see what we offer. I am a literary agent, so I'm a writing mentor, which means I work with authors and with publishers, but I also sell books on behalf of writers, and I usually sell books internationally to international publishers. So that's a very exciting business to be in because it really means that I am always looking for a great new author. Hi, Sarah. Yes. Hello. Can you not hear me, Nikki? I'm sorry, Sarah. Are you? I, I, I'm just wondering if our audience could hear you um, okay. because we seem to have a problem. I, I couldn't hear you. But please carry on, Sarah. Please carry on. Then we, we're going to um, stop for ads in a moment. Okay, great. So, yes, I mean, so that's what I, we offer together, writing mentorships. Um, and really, you know, the, the mentorships are always asking you what books – are being published in the world and how can you write one that's really speaking to a contemporary reader? I particularly mm-hmm. like that being a, a literary agent because then I know the book has a market, um, which is what we're looking for always at the end of the day. We're looking as agents, as publishers for great stories, good books that speak to readers, um, in the new, in a new way. And you of know, course. nobody's, Nobody's asking you to write a revolutionary book. We're looking always for just new voices um, that tell a story that's probably timeless um, to a new audience. Well, listen, Sarah, I've certainly been inspired. I've got to tell you, Kate, Sarah, also reading the book, writing a book in 100 days and just listening to you wonderful ladies today. You certainly inspired me, and I hope that you listening to the show, if you've wanted to write, if you've wanted to put your story down, get it out to the world, I hope that you've been inspired to do it. So that is the writingroom.co.za, and that is the book, um, or hopefully when we'll be able to eventually go out and buy books, write your book in 100 days, and that's Sarah Bullen and Kate Emerson. Sarah, Kate Thank you so much for joining us. It has just been so wonderful chatting. Um, and stay safe, and hopefully we'll get together again very soon. Thank you, Nikki.
Beautiful. Thank Take you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah Bull and Kate Emerson. Write your book in 100 days. So we're going to take an ad break. After the break, I'm going to be chatting to Lynn Diner. Um, she was on the show a few weeks ago. She is a cancer warrior. She's going to be sharing her story. Um, so please stay with us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. Um, we are moving on with our cancer warrior today. Linda joined us a few weeks ago. She shared her story. Um, and I'm delighted that she's back on the show. Um, Lynn Diner. Hi, Lynn. Thank you. Thanks for coming on to the show today. That's my pleasure, Nikki. And I'm very happy to be back. I'm sorry we were cut short last time. Well, yes, we were, Lynn. So it's good to have you back on the show. You were, you, you shared your story about being diagnosed with Cancer in your nose, how you had gone, Correct. you had, um, you had had an operation. It was an outstanding operation. You were even gifted with a brand new, wonderful nose. Um, yes, and you which were is now looking even better. Even better because I believe you've had a second yeah. operation. That's correct. And my nose is magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's, let's just go back for those people who weren't listening a few weeks ago, Lynn. How it was that, um, you were diagnosed with cancer in your nose? Okay. I had a very funny looking growth on the end of my nose. It looked like a witch's hat. And I left it and I left it and then I went to the skin specialist and he took it out and he sent it for pathology and it came back as a basal cell carcinoma. And I was then referred to this particular unit in Pretoria, uh, which is called MOHS surgery, which is the very latest surgery to do this kind of reconstruction on noses and faces and chins. And I went in and they took this huge thing out of my nose. And then they took a flap from my foot and they put it down over my nose. And that was the first stage. After that, after about two weeks, or no, it was three weeks, I went back in again, and then they reduced the flap, and they gave me a bridge, and my nose is now in a splint, and I'm having the stitches out on Tuesday, and I am perfect, perfect. That's incredible, Lynn. So did you say they took skin from your forehead? From my forehead. It's called the Flap Technique MOHS Surgery. Wow. So where on your forehead? Can you, do you have a From scar? Can you see that skin if you, Yes. If you take your forehead and you take a line, he cut a line right down the middle of my forehead. I don't know how much skin he took out. It seems like a really lot of skin because that skin then came from the forehead. It was then stapled together. It was twisted around on the bridge of my nose and then brought down like a, a cover over my nose to cover up wow. the hole where they've taken out the tumour and then stitched down. That's incredible. So as you said, yeah, just unbelievable. So it was it was stage one and stage two. So the time Correct. between stage one and stage two when it was just the flap, how was that? I mean, did you did you see yourself? Did did it look strange to you? What was that experience like for you it then? It was it was traumatic. It was painful. It was, then can I you was hear very me? ugly. I was very ugly because you can understand that that flap looked like a beak of a bird. And yeah. um, 
I didn't know how it would turn out in the end, but it turned out really good. The plastic surgeon, surgeon was outstanding. They are outstanding, these guys in Pretoria. Fantastic, Lynn. So, so um, in terms of moving forward, was it just a matter of removing the cancer? Did you have to go for any other treatment with that? Nothing, nothing. All the tumour was removed. It was the size of a tablespoon, and it had a long arm that went into my sinus and behind my eye. And I've got no more sinus pain, no more eye pain. I have no cancer. I'm cancer-free, and I'm very blessed. I don't have to have chemo or any radiation or anything. Amazing, amazing. And you've got a beautiful nose to boot. And I've got a beautiful nose to boot. (laughs) Lynn, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, I want to talk about um, your association with the DL link. So please stay with us. Hi, FM, your station of choice since 2008. Thank you so much for staying with us. If you've just tuned in, well, welcome. This is the DL Link Show um, on 101.9 High FM. I have Lynn Diner on the line, and uh, Lynn's just been telling us about her cancer journey, being diagnosed with cancer in her nose, going for an operation, and basically having nose reconstruction because the tumor was so big. She had a big hole in her nose. And uh, after her second operation, she has this incredible nose, and she is cancer-free. Um, and so the, I'm sure that the journey must have been a hard one, as we said just before the break, especially between operation number one and two, looking at yourself and seeing this flap of skin. And how did you, you – you, you spoke last time about your wonderful husband, Heine, who's been wonderful support. How did you get in touch with the DL Link, and, and what part did they play on this cancer journey? You know, Nikki, I have to tell you something that it has been a privilege for me to be associated with Dear Link. I have never, ever been treated with such courtesy and kindness with no questions asked. The reason I got hold of Dear Link was I have a friend called Colleen who works in the office there. She yes. does the, the uh, I would imagine, the accounts and everything with Michelle. Colleen is my very good friend, and she got me onto DL Link. And it has been the most fantastic, wonderful structure for me, especially during COVID, where I actually had no income, and they went out and they bought groceries for me. No questions asked. They just mm-hmm. went and they did it, and they did it with pleasure and love. I can't say enough about them. Besides through Colleen, had you heard it? Had you heard of the DL Link before that, Lynn? Yes, I had. I had been to DL Link. I had never really been to one of these sessions there. I was invited, but I was working at that stage, so it was a bit difficult. And I am leaving the transfer, not the old transfer. Now we relocate into Natal, so hopefully I'll be in touch with Colleen via telephone and if I can do anything for a link there, obviously I will do so. But they are extraordinary people. Mm, they are. And especially, I mean, if you think about um, with lockdown, and this has all been happening to you, I mean, your second operation during lockdown, and um, that they still, that's what we were saying last week, you know, the doors may be closed, but the windows are certainly open, and they are still Absolutely. providing incredible Absolutely. service to the community, yeah, and offering also wonderful events, and uh, so continue 
continuing to do what they do, and that's just touch lives in the best possible way. Well, Lynn, it has been an absolute joy having you on the show. Um, where to from here? You've said that you're moving to Natal. Um, do you, with, with your cancer, do you have to be going for regular checkups? What Where to from here? No, no more checkups. Just one more stop to Pretoria next week to have the last of the stitches out. Then a good massage every day to keep the blood flowing in my nose. And then we're going to go and live in Ramsgate with my husband's brother. And Mm. I'm going to do, I'm a great foodie, so I'm going to start a little coffee shop and I bake very well and I'm going to bake. Well, it sounds like you, there's a whole new life ahead, Lynn, which sounds very exciting. It is going to be very exciting and very challenging, but I look forward to it. Oh, well, we wish you all the very best. Um, lots of success, especially with your coffee shop, and lots of good health, Lynn. Thank you so much for sharing your story once again with us. Take My care. My greatest pleasure, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was, that was Lynn Dyna, and really such a lovely story. And who knows, maybe in between her preparing meals in her coffee shop, She'll want to share her story and write a book. Um, so we've come to the end of the show. I just wanted to give you the details again um, for Sarah Bullen and Kate Emerson. If you are wanting to write the book, you know, if you if you're interested in the information, you can always go to their website, which is called thewritingroom.co.za. Or finally, when you can buy books, um, this book that I've gone through, as I said, brilliant, step by step on how to write a book, write your book in 100 days. Stop mucking about they say and just write your book you've got a story put it down on paper or certainly type it up in your computer i hope that you have enjoyed the show thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for joining us if you did miss part of the interviews please don't worry we will be posting the podcast you just need to go to the high fm website just click on podcast thursday um and the dl link show and the podcasts are there for me nikki seberini until next week we'll be zone falling well let's see how different our lives are in a week's time but you do take care stay healthy and stay well